We're what the fuck popping mystery podcast right now. Fuck off. I started recording, Joe. <laughs> Well, uh, to anyone who may consider disturbing the podcast in the future, that is how you—that's how you'll be received. <laughs> so uh, we. I'll bark at you like a dog. <laughs> Me and Joe are on our way. Joe, can I tell people what we're doing before yeah, we start the podcast? Me and Joe are actually friends. We don't just podcast together. We don't. We're not just professional. It po- sounds like you're telling some other truth right now. <laughs> we are actually friends. We're expecting. We like to hang out and do stuff together, and sometimes. When it's a nice, sunny, romantic day, we say, you know what, Joe, let's be naughty. Let's go to the cinema and let's watch Halloween ends and see if Halloween actually does end. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to end. It's not going to end because no. it's a successful franchise Dude, business. It, it, keep Halloween happens every year. Why not make a movie for it every year? Break in that dough. But what they should do is what the third movie does. No, the sec- second third movie done <laughs> in the third Halloween back in like, I don't know, 1980, whatever, six or whatever. They made a storyline that was about Halloween that was completely unrelated to Michael Myers. And they, the idea was that they would do that every year. They'd bring out a Halloween movie mm. that was about Halloween with maybe they could use similar cast members and whatnot. But it would be a different story, like an anthology. Yeah. But people were so pissed off by it that they ended up having to bring Michael Myers back. Well, I would love it if they made some sort of comedy spin-off about some bumbling killer who couldn't quite complete the job and they called it, like, you know, Perry Pryor or something. So <laughs> Michael Myers, Perry Pryor's. And um, they just go... He's like, no, you stabbed the wrong person. That's your own leg. <laughs> How do you make a whole movie out of that? I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, something <laughs> I would enjoy talking to myself about. Okay, well, that it's Halloween. We're on our way to the cinema to watch a Halloween movie, and we thought we'd warm up. Uh, we'd warm up before the movie by having. Can you stop making this sound like <laughs> some sort of foreplay type date? Oh, what the fuck, mystery! Um, oh shit, I've gone the wrong way. And it's our final paranormal. Ghostly, creepy, scary, or as Joe likes to call, bullshitty yeah. Halloween <laughs> horror mystery. Joe, I've got a real doozy. This is an actual mystery. It it's recently uh, been a successful podcast Ooh. because people are so interested by the mystery. So we're piggybacking. We're yeah, smart. We're smart. We, we're, smart. Um, we're taking other people's success and going to claim it as our own. We're I mean, fine. I, I lo- tweak it. I love the, I love this podcast series, and I highly recommend that any everyone goes checks it out. I won't say it because I'll start when we start the podcast. Um, but it's a real interesting mystery. The reason I would say it's really interesting is because the story kind of goes a bit all over the place at times. Right. And that's what I like about it. And right, then when you're be a challenge. when you're trying to find like the truth, I think it gets to a place where we will be able to. I think Joe, you'll be able to solve this mystery. I'll get to the heart of the matter. But the person to this day, you know, claims that the shit happened. Right. I'm 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 I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. I can dig it. And I say, what's slightly different about this than a lot of other stories? A lot of stories. There's a lot of men in our stories, Joe. I feel like there's a lot of men in our stories. Yeah, a bit of a sausage fest. This is got. This is what woman, Joe. Right, woman. Right, let's get some taco sandwiches in there. So, are you ready for the mystery to start? Well, I mean, uh, listeners, just so you know, before this podcast started, Richard asked me, <laughs> "Are you going to be able to pay attention, Joe?" Yeah, I, I, I you know, anyone that listened to the last podcast knows yeah. that Joe struggled uh, uh, with his attention. Uh, apologies for the last podcast. I enjoyed it. I listened back to it. I, I was all over the place. I but, greatly enjoyed it. Um, there you go. It was something new. So yeah, bring on this um, uh, new mystery. Okay. So uh, I have my completely undivided full attention. Would you like a title, or would you like me just to go into it? I want a title. You want a title? Yeah. Okay. So I this is the Battersea Poltergeist story. That's where they keep the dogs. <laughs> it is where they keep the I dogs. I remember you saying something about that. I said, that's the dogs. 
So, Joe, we are going back to uh, 19, 1956. All right, then. All right. Okay. Then. Joe, our parents were alive in 1956. Uh, I think they were, or they were just being born. Yeah, your parents could be that young. Well, no, I think your Mine were definitely alive. Older. My parents, my dad's older than your mum. Let's just say they were all alive. Let's not get complicated. So, in January 1956, 15-year-old yes. Shirley Hitchens yes. of number 63... Wyclef Road, not Wyclef Jean, Wyclef Road in Battersea, London, discovered a silver key sitting on her pillow. Okay. Her father tried the key in every lock in the house. It just appeared? It just appeared. That's interesting. A I silver like key already. just appeared on this 15-year-old's pillow. I actually was 15-year-old's. Okay. Sorry yeah. for what I said about being a slag. I no, didn't know no, that part. It's fine. We're there now. Um, and her father tried it. Yeah, she, she obviously spoke to her family and said, look, I found this key. It's on my pillow. I wouldn't be like trying to pull in locks. I'd be the like, first things first. Where did this come from? This I, is, I'm sure they you, asked like, that. You, you, okay, but they I'm sure they asked that. They said into the story because no one knows. Yet. Yeah, and they said right. we ain't got a clue where it come from, Joe. All right. I'm sure that's what happened. So, little did the family know that this was the beginning of a chain of semen and seemingly supernatural events, Joe, uh-huh. that would torment them. How many years, Joe? You reckon? <laughs> Finding where this key went. Like just tormenting with this whole situation. Like, how long do you think uh, one of the, you know, like just think of all your poltergeist stories, Joe. Yeah. How long do they often happen for? A few years. Yeah, sure. How many years do you reckon? It's still going on to this day. No. Okay. That would be amazing. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna say fifty years. I mean, you're going big there. It's twelve years, Joe. Twelve oh, is a long you time. Talked it up like Tw- it was a millennial. Twelve years is still a long time. Uh, with what is now. <laughs> The famed ghost show. Mm-hmm. Now, don't laugh. It's a dog. Is it a dog? No, oh, the they named the family named the ghost. They named the ghost. Okay. Yep. Like a pet, they named the ghost. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. They named the ghost Donald. Oh, it's a cute name. It's not a scary name, is it? Wait, 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 wait. How did we jump to ghost? Well, we had a key a minute. Ago. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're not right, there. We're just. I'm right. telling you that for 12 oh, years they had to deal with a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> Joe's learning how to drive, guys. Yeah. He's, he's like me. Um, he's learning about. <laughs> About oh, Donald shit, and all the things that happened. You have to go all the way around again yeah, and then go up that bit. So, right. Joe's trying to do two things at once, guys. He's, he's doing his best. Donald. So, Donald is the ghost, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to give you a few punchlines, a few, like, headlines of what happens. Yeah, yeah, punchlines and headlines. I'm looking forward to them. Don't punch my head. Do you know what? No, actually, Joe, I'm going to leave those headlines out because I think you'll be more interested as they happen through the story. So, at the centre of the case was 15-year-old Shirley, whose teenage years were consumed by the poltergeist, <laughs> and who was suspected by many of having a hand in the mysterious going-ons. Oh. So, alright, Joe. They suspected her because she was a woman, and they like, she's a witch, she's probably a witch. <laughs> I think that's, they... that's how, that's a theme in these things, like, men, you're bad, and we're going to punish you, but women, you know what, you're actually, super evil. We, we, you're yeah, getting punished that, the that most. That does seem to happen a lot in, our, in these stories. Yeah. So... At its height, the terrifying case of the Battersea poltergeist attracted international attention. Mm. And today it continues to puzzle sleuths around the world. But not Joe. No, no, no. Uh, Joe, listeners, Joe is going to solve the Battersea poltergeist story, right? Am I? Yep. All right, then. Danny Robbins did it for like, he did episodes and episodes. One of the best BBC dramas. He actually has Shirley, the actual person, mm-hmm. interviewed throughout the podcast telling us what happened did she bring her silver key she's she's really interesting and i really she's a really lovely lady i'm sure Joe. she's very she's a re- no she's a really lovely lady like generally i really like shirley she's a really lovely human being i'm not saying she's not lovely i'm just saying i guarantee she's interesting and to this day she still says that you know all this stuff happened 
okay? And you can listen to it in the brilliant Danny Robbins um, podcast series. I highly recommend the Buttersleep Podcast. It's fantastic. I love Danny Robbins, Joe. He's the reason I started this podcast. I love oh, Danny Robbins. Nice. He's Danny so good. Robbins. He's the man. So, let's start with by talking a bit about the family. Yes. So, we normally... Family ass- We normally associate ghost stories with things like castles. Oh, well, where'd you look at that? Churches. Nice parking space. Joe found somewhere to park, guys. <laughs> and manor houses. However, number 63... Wycliffe Road in Battersea, London, was a seemingly ordinary semi-detached home. Mm. And its occupants, the Hitchens family, was seemingly ordinary working class group. We're just ordinary people. There was Father Wally, Whoa. a tall and gaunt London underground driver. Okay. 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 This, you need to know the family, Joe. Yeah. So that's, that's Wally. I'm with it. His wife, Kitty. Yeah. They got quite interesting names. So Kitty and Wally, I like it. I like it. Kitty is a former office clerk who was wheel- who was wheelchair bound due to chronic arthritis. Oh, oh, Kitty. And then grandmother Ethel, a fiery character, oh. known locally as Old Mother Hitchens. <laughs> That's jokes. Her adopted son. She was born for stories. Her adopted son John. Uh-huh. He's a surveyor in his twenties. He's a survey. A surveyor. Surveyor, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and finally, Shirley. I, is... I think the mystery of this podcast is how after like 30-something episodes, Richard can't, still can't read out I'll loud. never be able to read, okay? Shirley, so Shirley is obviously Wally and Kitty's 15-year-old daughter. Yes. Right, who's about to start art school and worked as a seamstress in Selfridges. Right. I think that's to do with sewing and stuff. Yeah, I think so. Right. So, in late... January 1956. Helps to be a loner as well, probably. <laughs> Shirley discovered an ornate silver key on her pillowcase Ooh. that didn't fit any lock in the house. Of Resident Evil. The very same night, noises began which were reminiscent of the Blitz. Yeah. With deafening bangs reverberating through the house and shaking the walls, floor, and furniture. Wow. The sounds were like so. Earthquake, it just in their house. The sounds were so loud mm-hmm. that the neighbours complained. And Shirley later reflected that the sounds were coming from the roots of the house. The roots of the house? What do you do, Joe? You're in a house. Do they live in a tree? Is this a story about chipmunks? There's some crazy noises going off in your house. What do you do? I would be like, which motherfucking neighbour is doing this? I I would never, ever accept blame or responsibility. I would just push it outwards onto everyone and be like, whose fault is this? And they're like, it's coming from your house. They're like, it's coming coming from my house. But it's something one of you fuckers did. (laughs) There's nothing I've been doing. That would be my immediate mentality about it. Yes, blame everyone else. There was a movie I was watching yesterday on Netflix, like a horror family type movie. And there's a character in it played by the brilliant Damon Waynes. um, Who, who is it? Marlon Waynes. It might be Marlon Waynes, actually. Um, And throughout the whole film... (laughs) He is like the scientist guy, logic in everything, in every scenario. And I was yeah. like, that would be Joe. No, like, no matter, he could see some ghostly shit happen right in front of him. And he would go, no, no, no. no that was just because I took some acid. <laughs> like, clearly I've been yeah. drugged. I mean, something <laughs> to know about me. I'm not a man of science. And nor am I someone who could la- claim themselves as a master of logic. <laughs> I'm absolutely not. But I'm such a non-believer you are a massive that non-believer. it forces me into the category yeah. of the logic person. And you would find a solution. You'd find a way to logic. I would never find. I'd, I'd admit there's some things that you could just not find a solution for. But despite not being able to find a solution, I still can't believe. I like it. Okay, the noises escalated and continued for weeks. The parents were banging in the basement. Yeah, weeks, Joe. With a new scratching <laughs> they sound. They had a logic like they did in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. With a new scratching sound within the furniture, tormenting the sleep-deprived and terrified family day 
and oh, night. I feel bad for them. That sounds awful. This is like a working class family. Like they need to work. Yeah, if they they're trying were rich, to pay their I'd bills. Say, Fuck those richies. Neither the police, not yeah. It's not like the last podcast where we had that rich millionaire person. Yeah, like they can afford to build a seven-story house yeah. that leads to nowhere. Neither the police nor surveyors could get to the bottom of where the noises came from. They should have called the Ghostbusters. So the police got involved and they couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I so said you called the police and be like, uh, what's your emergency? I need the police. Why? What's the problem? There's noises in my house. Is this a prank call? No, 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 I'm serious. There is like noises and scratching and banging. This attracted various photographers and reporters who left unsettled upon visiting the house. They left unsettled? Yeah, it means like they couldn't they figure felt, it out. They oh, felt like it made them feel uncomfortable, uneasy. uneasy yeah. yeah, I like that. There's some shit enough. going on. So the they should turn it into like a horror house. Like, okay, it's, it's ten pounds per entry. You get half yeah, I mean, in the house. That's a genius idea, Joe. They should have. I mean, it's their home. They really didn't want to do that. But I mean, well, they felt they were being haunted, so yeah. they, they felt it was a terrible thing. Yeah, I, I think like you have to, sometimes uh, when life gives you lemons, you have to make beer, and so you take that a terrible thing, you turn it into a good thing. So, the theory is was that the noises were being caused by a supernatural presence. A poltergeist therefore emerged with a family naming the mysterious entity, good old Donald. 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 Oh, yeah, Donald, why are you doing this? Did that do something to you, Donald? What's your beef, Donald? So are as, you still upset about them naming a duck after you? As, as time went on, activity within the house... Beca- you never hear Donald anymore. The house became more extreme. Multiple... The guy who played Turk and Scrubs, Donald Faison. And he's a great person. He's amazing. Multiple witnesses claim to have been have seen bed sheets flying off beds. Mm. Slippers walking around on their own accord. Mm. That's hard to fake. Clocks floating through the air. Everyone's got a price, they can be bribed. <laughs> Pots and this, this family barely had any money. Pots and pans being thrown across rooms and chairs moving around the house. Uh, they bribe them with the key. They're like, look, this is a mystery <laughs> key. You, we don't even know what it opens. You tell our story. This could be yours one day, like a Wheel of Fortune style deal. It was clear that Donald was fixated on Shirley. Right. With the noises following her to work. They followed her to work, apparently. Oy. And the paranormal happenings occurring around... This, this, this Donald's a stalker. Yeah. So most significantly, everything seemed to happen around Shirley. Mm. Most significantly, Shirley herself was witnessed involuntarily moving in her bed and around the room by various family members and neighbours. While she was awake or asleep? Uh, Awake, I believe. Interesting. By now, her association with the poltergeist had caused her to lose her job and friends. We don't want your type in here. Um, What type is that? Haunted. (laughs) Get your haunted ass out of here. That's a good old man. We don't want no haunted bitches here. The seamstress just needs to be clean. <laughs> You'll sew the devil into them clothes, you will. Go on, off with you. <laughs> and many believed her to be possessed by the devil. <gasps> Satan himself. <laughs> That's probably why they fired her, Joe. Yeah, yeah no, we don't want. No, <laughs> this is not Lucifer's house, all right? <laughs> right, so from around March 1956 onwards, we're in March now, the Hitchens family began to draw press attention, so the media getting involved yeah. now. Photographers lingered outside the house, like they're celebs. Whilst newspapers report that the poltergeist was romantically obsessed with Shirley. So the media have started romanticising this ghost story. It just goes to show people are perverts. <laughs> when there's no possible explanation, the victim is a girl, it must be sex. Right. If it was a young boy, no one would say shit. I think they're all projecting some Sig- Sigmund Freudian slip here, but they wanted to bang this little kid. And they're like, of course the ghost wants to sexually haunt her, because we want to do that. Dirty, dirty press, man. Jesus Christ. Dirty, dirty. Be ashamed of yourself. 
arrested. Right. Many believed that the poltergeist was a figment of Because I would do the story that the, the demon wants the key. Because that's the interesting part to me. I'm projecting my interest. These media people are projecting their, their interest. Or maybe they just want to sensationalise it. Ooh, sell stories. Ghost sex. Yeah, I definitely sens- sensationalise the story. Yeah. Many believe that the poltergeist was a figment of her imagination. Yeah. Joe, what do you think so far? Um... This whole pots and pans flying everywhere and whatever. Um, I I can't think of an explanation as to why it would happen. I also can't think of an explanation as to uh, it being true. Um, So that could have been made up. There could be a number of things. But in terms of the belief, it absolutely could be figuring off her imagination. But I believe she truly believes it. Okay. Many believe so. Okay, blah blah blah. Uh, she was purposely stirring up the story for attention. A lot of people think, right? I, I did consider that, but it doesn't sound like this is good attention because she's lost her job. And yeah, it doesn't sound very good. It's affecting her life massively. <laughs> Eventually, the Daily Mail, not the Sun Joe, <laughs> the Daily yeah, Mail, reputable people. Yes, of course. Got in touch. Yes, and they said, "Would you like to blame this on immigrants? <laughs> <laughs> we could spin it for you. Just tell us more." <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain that to Amer- anyone listening in America that might not know what the Daily Mail is? It's, uh, it's like a right-wing newspaper, right? It's yeah, more centred da- to the, the right. The Daily Mail are like they would be doing um, "Make Trump Great Again." Wait, what? Make yeah, America. yeah. They would be the it. English version of "Make America Great Again." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so they would be like immigrants. They they have brought the devil with them. They're not um, a well. What's the balanced news news yes. newspaper? Like CNN and Fox in America. That's I think it. they both. I don't know which one is on which side, but I think they're linked to one side, both of them. Uh, so Shirley was invited to the head office of the Daily Mail, where she was. Sh- you ready? Yeah. You're gonna be appalled. Oh no! You might say stripped, aren't you? Strip searched. To ensure that she wasn't hiding anything. So they strip-searched her. Hiding what? The Saint Satan up her butthole? To see if she had any tricks? I don't know. The paper published a sensational account of the story, which attracted widespread attention. Of what? Her, this little girl being strip-searched? No, of the story, of, of what was going on. I hope her parents were there, at least. No, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if I hope they were or weren't, because either way, something wrong's happened. Uh, Joe, I've listened to the podcast, and she, her parents were not there. She was quite... In, in my in my eyes of what I witnessed, she wasn't just coerced. She was pretty much abducted. Like, they, t- they took her. Like, she was tri- tricked by these two... I believe it was two men, and taken into the Daily Mail. I told you, the media likes little children. This is proof. It's... It's it's awful, and there's been no apology or anything I think ever made Boy, for it. That is absolutely out of this world. And I actually terrible. think it's 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 way more serious. Than I'm people quite make sure about. if I didn't have a camera in my hand uh, or a pen with a piece of pad paper, or whatever, and I did that to someone, I would go to jail. Yeah, and so should these people. Yeah. So an attempt was made by the BBC to contact Donald on primetime TV. So okay. she, she she got so like, did Donald leave his phone number? Shirley or? got so famous for this whole guy's story yeah. that a lot of media attention came. Yeah. I don't know how healthy that is. So they held they held a seance. So we had the Daily Mail staff, then we had the BBC had her on te- on either telly or radio where they tried to um oh it's TV, tried to get contact with her, yeah. with with Donald. Yeah. Um and the haunting was even spoken about in the House of Commons by the government. Wow. It's mad, right? I mean this is, this is like not, there must have li- not been a lot going on. This in is the like world. a little piece of history that I wish I learned in school. Like, why wasn't I learning about this instead of like the IRA, World War Two? Why did I learn about the paranormal, the Batsy yeah. guys? This is why. Because if we were in school and they told us all this story, like you know, the, the media, this little girl had a silver key, um, and the media sensationalised it by saying the demon was like. It would teach to the, me that the media, you know, chatted. Yeah, they said you know the demon was attracted to this little girl as a young teenage boy. Was like, what she looked like though? <laughs> 
That's what Wither said. Possibly. Yeah. Because right. we were 15. It's true. In early 19... 19- Much healthier <laughs> point of view to have than these press people. Go on, sorry. So, in early 1956, paranormal investigator Harold Chip Chibbert. Harold Chip Chibbert. I like Good Harold old Harold Chip Chibbert. Uh, he's, so, he's different to the other guy that we know about, uh, Harry Price. Oh, okay. Remember Harry Price from the last one? Yeah. Um, so, Harry Price used to carry stones around his pocket. <laughs> yeah. um, this, what's his name? Harold Chip Chibbert? This is Chip Chibbert. Yeah, he carries around chips in his pocket. He's a legend, this guy, right? So He's throwing chips at people. Harold Chip Chibbert... Seagulls follow him everywhere. ...was drawn to the case. A tax inspector by day, Joe. <laughs> and a paranormal enthusiast Whoa, by night. Those are two very uh, conflicting job titles. Tax inspectors are someone who's like, super by the books, logic... Okay, listeners, so a technical difficulty happened where uh, we were recording... And it cut out, Joe. We were just too amazing. It could no longer continue to record. And it's such a shame because Joe's reactions were amazing. And we're going to try and recreate those reactions right now for you. And eventually, we didn't finish the story. So, Joe, there's a lot that Joe doesn't know yet still. So, you're going to get some genuine, uh, real, real reactions. Ah, My balls. Your balls? Is that what the reactions are about? No, it just felt funny for a second. Oh, God. Um, We also finished the movie. We come out of the movie, guys. Let's not talk about that. I mean, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset, Joe. It was a bad movie. It wasn't good! It was a very bad movie. And that's fine for me. I didn't mind. I have no hopes. I don't care about this movie. I have no love for it. It's just a bit of entertainment. But for you, I'm I'm sure you're quite disappointed. I'm outraged! Oh, goodness. I'm outraged about terrible things happening to young children. Richard's outraged at the artistic choices they made with Halloween ends. Right, hold on. I have to fucking find the story again. Yeah, you find it. You find it. My fucking phone is being a right prick and it's just decided to go, hey, you know that article you were reading? The one with the story that we're doing for the podcast? Yeah, it's gone now. Boom. These bastards phones. Motherfuckers. It's night time now. It's a, it's a romantic podcast now. I mean... As to the spooky element. It depends if you're listening to it in the dark or not. I, if you're listening to this podcast alone in the dark, you need friends. I think it definitely adds to the, the mystique, right? Yeah. Good word. Thanks. Mystique. I learned that somewhere. X-Men, probably. Fucking hell. Where's this fucking story? Yeah, as Richard searches for the story, I'm going to search for a reason as to why they chose to uh, make this Halloween Ends movie this way. <laughs> they had um, they introduced a new character who was like... I know, he was like very teenagely angsty, but he was so quiet and withdrawn, then suddenly all he did was have a, a chance encounter, and now he's like, Daddy Big Bollocks can take on the world. And whereas before, he was getting bullied by teenagers. It's true. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't stand up for himself for little kids. Okay, I'm back. So what do we go up to? We go up to, oh, oh, we go up to Chip, don't we? Chip's back. Yeah, Chippity Chip Chip, whatever his name is, Harry Chipper Chip. Chip Chibber, like, Harold Chip Chibber. Like the lollipops, chop chops. Okay, so he was friends with. He was very well connected man. He was friends with Arthur Conan Doyle, who Joe did what now? Sherlock Holmes. Well done. And psychic researcher Harry Price, the man that likes to throw stones. Yes, the stone thrower. And a science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke. They're always friends, so he's very well established in this whole thing. He's so, got creepy friends. The uh, the case become one of the biggest of his life, and his extensive records demonstrate that he authentically believed in the Battersea Poltergeist. He spent days and nights recording events at the house, and eventually became a close family friend of the Hitchens. He even wrote a detailed book about the case, which was never published. It was too shit to see the light of day. <laughs> so, as time went on, Donald's behaviour became increasingly violent. That Donald. Naughty Donald. Rooms were supposedly found trashed. 
Spontaneous fires would apparently break out. One which was so severe that it hospitalised good old Wally. Oh, Wally. I know, man. And writing, symbols of crosses and fleur de lis began appearing on the walls. Oh, no, no fleur de lis. <laughs> this is your favourite thing, Joe, fleur de lis. Yeah, buddy. So, war, exorcisms <laughs> were attempted. I've had a lot of sugar. And the police would check up on the house. Mysteriously, Donald <laughs> even circulated Christmas cards. I love that the police are checking up on the house. Like, excuse me, house, are you okay? Uh, have you been... Uh... In, uh, possessed by do- wait Christmas cards yeah they're actually knocking and they're saying yo house where's my fucking Christmas card I ain't got one yet <laughs> Donald's like hold, hold up a minute governor fucking grumpy old Maggie McGee down the road's got one where's my Christmas card yeah, I look out for law and order bunch of wankers living in this house uh, it's... so uh, Donald's circulating Christmas cards you're saying yeah Right, continue. continue. It is said that the family learned to communicate with the poltergeist, initially by using alphabet cards and through tapping a certain number of times to mean yes and no. Then, in March 1956, through written correspondence addressed to Shirley, he actually wrote to Shirley. He wrote to Shirley. And do you know what he said, Joe? I'll go on. (laughs) You you tell me what he said to Shirley. Shirley, I come! (laughs) (laughs) From March 1956, Donald left notes around the house, ordering the family to do things such as dress Shirley in courtly clothes. Bloody hell, this Donald, he's a a demanding fucker, isn't he? And contact the famous actor, the very handsome, Jeremy Spencer. Yes, tell me more. I will obliterate it afterwards. This led to a breakthrough. In a handwritten letter dating to May 1956, Donald identified himself as Louis Jaws, the short-lived Louis the 17th, 12th, or whatever the fuck it is of France, who was rumoured to have escaped captivity during the French Revolution, rather than dying a prisoner aged 10, as he was late as was later proved. So Donald, or Louis the whatever, used a number of elaborate French phrases in his letter and claimed that he had drowned en route to exile in England. Yep. His story, however fascinating, was often changing and contradictory. So Donald is a 10-year-old French boy who was a king and escaped some sort of capture, revolution. Yep. And now he is haunting uh, the Hitchings house and writing Christmas cards. That's right. And he's demanding that this little girl be dressed up. Well, big girl to him, apparently. Sure. How he got there, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that bit. Okay, we'll get to that we'll, bit. We'll get to that okay, bit. Okay. Um, so, am I to believe that his body floated so downstream or river that it ended up, I don't know, somehow in the house of these fuckers in Batsby? I mean, we know how many. The River Thames is full of dead bodies from years old history, right? Yeah. Maybe it just got from the River Seth and somehow travels all the way to the River Thames. The River Lalong. The River Thames. <laughs> I don't know what the long is, but it sounds like it would be a river. And now he's... Okay, listeners, there is a ghost on this podcast fucking with us. Yeah, and it's not no friendly Casper ghost either. This ghost doesn't want you to hear the story. I think Donald is working through, Joe, the fucking audio medium to prevent the story from being told. He's trying to cover up the truth for the fact that he's a 10-year-old French king. But we're on to you, Donald. And he's fucking cockholding us right now. He's fucking oh, cockholding us. No. Our cocks will not be held. <laughs> no, they will not be. Right, let's try and fucking finish My this My cock before. is unholdable. <laughs> let's try and fucking... And now the Google's fucking got rid of the story again. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. This, this podcast is damned. Do you know what? This is the most haunted podcast ever. Yeah. Call up those most haunted pricks and be like, hey, I've got one for you. This is the podcast of the damned right now, guys. The most haunted people, they're so desperate for stories. If you called them up and said, hey, I've got one for you, say, oh yeah, tell me more. Uh, when well, I was recording a podcast about a demon on my phone, and my phone stopped working. <gasps> We've got a hit. 
when can you bring, bring your phone into the studio? We're recording. This is the most ghostly thing we've ever heard. Okay, fucking desk case. So Donald's revealed his identity as Louis, yeah? Yeah, sure. Louis right. the 17th, King Boy of France. Let's get the fucking theories. So Shirley married. Joe, Shirley got married. Someone married Shirley. Don't tell me to Donald. No, and <laughs> can you imagine? And left her parents' saying, house. This has started to turn into less of a haunting and more of a romance story. She left her house in 1965, by which time Donald's presence was was waning. Yeah, they, they were getting tired of it. They, they were, weren't done. They, they, no, no, but um, whoever was, was uh, keeping up the pretense was like, we've made all the money we're going to make of this. It's, I have to be honest and say, you know, it, we've come to the end of the line. Whatever money I've been able to squeeze out of this or attention, it's at its end. In 1967, she left London altogether, and by 1968, it appeared that Donald, Joe, had finally gone for good. Ah, he unfortunately did not purchase the travel card and was unable to leave <laughs> London, I see. There are many who propose scientific explanations for the strange going-ons. Some point to the noises coming from the house being located on uneasy marshland, while others have suggested that acid in the soil could have led to madness. Okay, okay. Oh, I, I, I don't yeah. think that's true, but I like it, I like it a lot. The family, but there's definitely madness upon us! The family cat named Jeremy, after Jeremy Spencer, even ended up being analysed by fans. What? Desperate to prove Donald's existence. People are analysing cats now <laughs> to see if a demon child is really there. That's right. Oh, this poor cat. <coughs> I feel sorry for this cat for the analysation and for being owned by people who are too stupid to tie their own shoelaces. Other, <laughs> others point to Shirley being a starry-eyed but ultimately bored teenager who lived a rather sheltered life and may have manufactured mm. Donald and drawn others in as means of uh, attracting None attention. None of the boys at school fancy me, I know. To herself. Instead of an imaginary friend. And making demands that would work to her advantage. I don't really think they work to her advantage, though. Over the 12-year course of the haunting, which is a fucking long time, some 3,000 to 4,000, Joe, yeah. written messages were delivered to the family from Donald. With a staggering 60 messages being left per day at the height of the case. And they were all signed off, I can't. Handwriting experts Yes, go on Have analysed the letters mm-hmm. And concluded yes. That they were almost certainly mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes Written By the dad By Shirley By Shirley That fucking little bitch <laughs> Haunt the shit out of her She's still, she's still alive to this day Be respectful Okay, I'm sorry Shirley But when you die You're going to hell Fucking hell, Joe Don't worry Your long lost love Donald will be waiting for you Jesus <laughs> Through these letters and the attention... I don't believe in hell, don't worry. They drew. <laughs> I'm smart. Shirley was able to move out of her shared room with her parents. Was given... Oh, was given no, money... Oh, sorry. Yeah, you should, you fucking prick. Was given, <laughs> was given money for her clothes and more fashionable hairstyles and was the subject of much press hysteria. hysteria. <laughs> so when she was like... Donald's demanding that uh, the handsome actor come... Yep. He- Right, Joe, we need to finish this podcast before the ghost Wait. stops us from finishing it. We better wrap it up quick before Donald keeps interfering with this recording. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, not Donald, Shirley. <laughs> fucking, fucking article's gone for the fifth millionth time, Joe. I'm fucking... Oh, no. I mean, after seven times, you think you'd prepare the article before you start <laughs> recording. But no, you've been infected by Donald slash Shirley. What you're learning is Richard doesn't learn from his mistakes, okay? People, don't learn from your mistakes either. Keep listening to our podcast. Yeah, keep... <laughs> don't learn from that mistake. This doesn't usually happen in listeners. This is a Halloween special right now. It's fucking yeah. spooky There are forces shit. at work here that we just can't explain. Okay, so we got to the point where we were kind of talking about um, the, uh, the fucking Shirley handwriting. 
They all said it was the handwriting. Okay. Someone wanted to investigate a cat. So the original haunted house was demolished in the late 1960s. House is gone, Joe. All right, good. Good. Get rid of that. It was never replaced. Yeah, good, good. What is clear, however, is the profound impact that the events had upon Shirley, who stated that the haunting robbed her of her childhood. Okay. Whether a real malevolent, I can't say this word, malevolent, thank you, spirit, figment of an overactive imagination or a mass projection of fear, the case of the Battersea poltergeist will never continue to fascinate paranormal enthusiasts and sceptics for many years. As soon as they realised it was Shirley, they decided to stop investigating. It always, sorry, it will continue, man. They will always be fucking interested in it. It's an interesting case. I, I feel like we got the answer, Joe. I don't think there's a mystery. I mean, I'll throw it over to you, Rich. What do you think happened? I think Shirley um, wanted attention. Yes. She shared a parent room with her parents. Yeah, I think she didn't have a great... She probably saw some shit. ...upbringing. She probably... Yeah, she probably was... I don't know. She, she needed a, an imagination, a way out. And maybe she done it... Now, I'm not saying she done it consciously. I'm saying it could have been subconscious. Do you know what I That's mean? That's definitely possible. Um, it's like that escapism that our brains do sometimes yeah. when they're struggling with Mental life. gymnastics. And I think that possibly that's what happened. Um, and that's why to this day, Shirley still believes that it was real. Because, because. In, her, in her experience, yeah. she probably did experience it as real as such. And if she allows herself to believe uh, the reality, it might drive her a bit nuts that she's done this to herself and her family. Yeah. So it's much easier to, to believe the, the non-real... Um, story than the real story. I mean, I feel I feel sad for Shirley. I do think she was robbed of a mother dog. I do think she was robbed of her childhood. We've already hit a bird or something on this <laughs> podcast. We can't be doing dogs and all. This People do- like dogs. This dog's really friendly. He will run into our thing. He's like literally following you. <laughs> it's like, dog, this is not another dog. This is a car. He's a really happy dog. Don't my, smell my butt. My dog hates this dog. Just to let you know. Like, look at you. you all, look at this dog. Look at you all happy and full of joy. That's it. This dog gets to How run around the street, you. have a great time. My dog, stuck in our garden, yapping away like, oh, whoa, whoa. I'm not allowed to do that. Why are you allowed to do that? this bitch get out of the big house. That's it. My poor dizzy dog. Um, yeah, so I think that Shirley... Um, I think Shirley definitely, for herself, uh, experienced it as real. I think the the writing uh, experts that kind of is proof that she yeah. wrote all the letters. And and like, come on, paranormal? No ghosts. Ghosts don't write letters. Yeah. Because um, as soon as you said, what do you make of the pots flying around and the sheets moving and her moving involuntarily in her bed? There's only one person who can make Shirley move involuntarily in her bed. What I think that Shirley. It's a lot of mass hysteria, though, where a lot of the family believed yes. it. A lot of the media believed it. They hyped it all up, and you gave it power. So you gave the story power. So then the power become, the story becomes more real. And for a young, impressionable 15-year-old, that becomes real to her as well. Because people are believing yeah. it. People are saying it's happening. So it reaffirms Truth that it's happening. lies whatever people put faith into it. And um, to these parents, you believed your child, which is big respect to you, but did you ever consider beating her? It might, it's an option that you may not have tried. We do not condone beating of any No, kind. only if you lived in the 50s. <laughs> we don't condone. If you live in the 50s <laughs> and you're somehow accessing this podcast, try beating your children. <laughs> don't if, try. If, Stop! If, if Stop! Not, don't! If you're alive in present day, do not do that to your children. Never do it. Never do it. Right. In the past, in the present, in the future, never right, do well, it. If anyone ever sees Shirley, ask, um, ask the honest question. Be like, Shirley, was it you? She's been asked that. You need yeah. If you listen to the Batsy podcast, which I know you never will, <laughs> she literally has been asked that. Oh, Rich, you and know she me. Says, she says it wasn't her. Donald was real. It was all real. 
Is and she's a- even, they say, they get the experts on who say it's mm. your handwriting. Yeah. And she's like shocked by the, that answer. She's genuinely shocked by that answer. She's no, like, I give this woman an Oscar. I, I mean, give an award. she genuinely believes it happened. It, yeah, I think you're right. I think she has tricked herself into believing it. But if she hadn't, though, mass props. That's a bat right there flying in front of us. That was actually that's a bat. Batman? We can actually see a bat flying Let's in front of us. Let's go get bitten and see what How happens. How cool is that? Look, what the perfect way. We've had so many mishaps in this podcast. Yeah. We we even stopped the podcast to see one of the worst Halloween movies ever made. Do you know what I'm going to name this bat? Donald. Oh, that's a good name. Donald the Bat. Donald the Bat. Donald, stay away from Shirley. You can do better than her, okay? And now we're ending the podcast with a bat flying around. Guys, just imagine this bat. It's beautiful. Joe is in love with this bat. Well, <laughs> I've seen better bats, but it's all right. Really? That bat just flew over our It car. did. It's a brave bat. That's it's getting exciting. a bit too cocky. They are Guys, cocky. if you excuse me, we're going to have to go take care of a bat. He's getting too big for his boots. Okay. Uh, listeners, that is the end of our Halloween paranormal month. Joe cannot wait to have some murder in the next podcast. Well, no, this, the problem with murder is I can't really call bullshit and dispute it, whereas this, I can just say whatever I want. I mean, I enjoyed a month of paranormal madness. Richard got to be full-on crazy, uh, just like this bat. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll keep up the consistency, and next time you bring a podcast with this murder, I'll say, no, they killed themselves. Yes, they it's chopped on. their own body up. This one. That's what I'll do. This one. All right, people. People, have a great Halloween. And uh, give candy to people, man. Don't keep all the candy. Keep, Share the candy. Keep some for yourselves. Keep a little bit for yourself. If you want to tweet you know us... Uh... Keep the nice stuff for yourself. Give the kids the shit candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Give them the bounties. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah gosh. Get rid of the bounties. Everyone, come on. Can we just all get on the same page and finally cancel bounty? Get rid of it from the whole celebration selection. I'm agreed. All right, tweet us at WTF Mysteries. That's it.